Welcome to Podcasting Stories, insights and interviews from people just like you, using podcasts to grow their business and share their message. Podcasting Stories is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Find out more at yourpodcast.team. Now, here's your host, Dave Spray. Welcome to the Podcasting Stories podcast. My name is David Spray, and today we're talking with Carolyn Strauss, a professional speaker in Denver who's also the co-host of a podcast called Another Day Above Ground. In this episode, we learn more about Carolyn's fascinating background as a serial entrepreneur, clothing model, professional speaker, and podcaster. She was also the CEO of a clothing brand that was regularly featured on the Home Shopping Network for more than a decade. We talk about lessons learned, some the hard way, in both business and life. We then take a deep dive into her podcast. She has an abundance of advice and suggestions for those who are considering launching a podcast. If you've ever considered having your own podcast, this episode has a lot of great ideas and tips to make your podcast more successful and enjoyable. Let's get to the show. Hi, Carolyn. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, David. I am so happy to be here with you. I am happy that you are here as well. So it seems like you've been front in front of the camera your whole life. Did you exit the womb as a public figure or did this part of your life start <laughs> later? Well, if you ask my mother, she says I came out, looked around, looked at her and went, all right, this will do. <laughs> so I've, I've always been, you know, I'm the firstborn. So I think that that has something to do with stuff. Like I am the firstborn of everybody, of all of my cousins on both sides of my family. So I have that overachieving thing. In fact, even my blood type is A positive. So I'm just overachieving. <laughs> yes, from the womb. To answer your question, yes. That, you know, I'm also a firstborn. That's probably why we hit it off so well the first time I talked to you. Only because you have great taste in women. <laughs> That's why we hit it off so well. That is true. So just to be clear, we're referring to my wife, Christine. Yes. <laughs> Who, who Carolyn uh, knows well because they're, they both have connections to the Vistage organization. Yeah. I got to spend one of her birthdays with her once. So, so when a man is smart enough to choose a woman that is a stretch for him, I love that man. <laughs> so also, apparently I have good taste in, in the women I choose as guests on my podcast as oh, well. Oh, I hope so. I really hope so. <laughs> So, so I believe that you're the first model that I've ever had on the podcast. So, because that seems to come, you know, kind of earlier in the chronology, tell us just a bit about the modeling, how you happen to get into that. Was all, was it all it was cracked up to be? Cause I know you had a pretty long run, nearly two decades, yeah. which my understanding is a pretty good run for a model. It is. And actually I retired at 40 because I thought being a 40 year old model kind of felt pathetic. It's not for all those models who are out there. And I, in fact, when, when a, a job comes up that I'm right for, I still go do it because why not? It's, it's very happily in my wheelhouse and it pays well. So I'll do it. So I was a plus size model. I started when I was in college. It was one of my best friends said to me at the eighties and he said, you know, this plus size modeling thing is happening. You should try it. And I went to an agency and lied in Boston and said, yeah, I, I'm a model. And they had a booking for me in a week. Literally, my life has been right place, right time, right skill set. Wow. So, yeah. So I got so work that, right away. 
And was that while you were in college? That was while I was in college. In yeah. And which college were you at Amherst or Emerson? So I started at UMass Amherst. Very good. You did your homework. That is so scary. You can find out anything about anybody. Isn't that terrifying? I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Google, good for some things, a little <laughs> frightening for others. Okay. Yeah. So I started at UMass Amherst and then I went to the University of Madrid for a year and then I finished at Emerson College in Boston. And then the day I graduated, I picked up and moved to New York City to become a famous actress. Yeah, that went well. <laughs> So, but, but you did stumble across the, the modeling yeah. and then I believe as far as the next part of your career that I find really interesting is then it sounds like you parlayed the modeling into having your own fashion brand brand on the home shopping network. Is that well, right? There was a, there were a couple steps in between. So I wrote a book on the modeling business. Oh, you called, did called specialty modeling. Everything you need to do know about large size, petite hand shoe and character modeling. And I co-authored it, authored it with a woman named Tori Hartman, who is now a Californian. And she and I wrote that book together about how the, the original title of that book was how to be a model, how to make a living as a model if you're not perfect. Ah, and I love like that, that title, but they changed it to specialty modeling. And we were ah. the number one trade paperback for Dutton books for a whole year. So that was oh, kind of wow. cool. So yeah, I've, I kind of been around. And so, so after I wrote the book, I was modeling in fashion shows out in New Jersey. And one day at a Macy's in New Jersey, the commentator didn't show up. And the buyer said to me, hey, Carolyn, because I'd worked with her for, you know, a year or two. And she said, hey, can you commentate it? And I went, sure, I can. I'm an actor. I can act like a commentator. And I did. And the show was so good. She said when it was done, she said, well, if I cancel this woman for the rest of my shows for the season, will you commentate them? And I started Carolyn and Tori and Associates, and we started commentating fashion shows around the country. Oh, so I traveled cool. all over the country doing fashion shows for years and years and years. I was the plus size fashion expert of the world. I was on, I was on Maury and Sally and Jerry Springer and oh, all wow. kinds of TV shows. Oh yeah, I did that. And so that was when I was in my twenties when I was in my mid twenties. So, so well, yeah, I've been cool. around for a really long time. And I don't so, know how this helps your audience. So I want to help. How can I help? Yeah, no, Am no, I, this is this. Just trust me. Just trust okay, me. I'm, all I'm, right. I'm, I'll, I'll lead you safely okay. to the end of the journey. So the only thing I really know about hand modeling, well, like most things in life, most of what I know in life came from watching Seinfeld. And there was a famous Seinfeld episode where George was a hand model. I don't know if you ever saw this episode or not. They actually call them hand jobs. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> did you did you happen to see the episode? Of course I did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was, <laughs> I don't that think was, there's a Seinfeld I haven't seen. So yes, because I lived in New York back then when the 90s when sure. Seinfeld was on. So of course I watched Seinfeld. They sure. Really that, nasty people. It was great. That that is great. <laughs> what was your biggest business lesson lesson you learned from having your own fashion brand on the home shopping network? <sighs> Can I go back before that? Sure. Absolutely. I partnered with a woman in Oklahoma. So I was doing fashion shows in Oklahoma and there was a woman that came up and said, let's do some seminars. And I'm thinking, I'm a professional speaker. I'm a fa professional fashion show commentator. Sure. And I partnered with her not knowing her well. 
and I didn't have a contract in place. So the number one lesson, never go to work without a contract ever, 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 ever. Don't go to work without a contract. So I trusted this woman and she booked a hotel ballroom and she did all of this advertising and I did all of these radio shows and we had about nine women show up. It was a great two-day seminar. I can't remember what I did, but I did a full two-day seminar. And then that woman disappeared and I got sued by the radio station who wasn't paid for the advertising, by the hotel who wasn't paid for oh, wow. the room. And they found me and sued me because I was supposed to split it with this woman and we were going to split the profits. Well, clearly there were no profits. Right. And so I got sued. So don't go to work without a contract and don't partner with people who you don't know well. Those are two great business lessons that almost any entrepreneur can learn from. Yeah. So thanks for asking that question. And thanks for bringing up such a happy memory, David. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. That's, That's what I'm here for. Okay. So So kind of fast forwarding in this uh, chronology, what do you, how do you see your business evolving over the next five to 10 years? Or do I have this sense that you're not somebody who may, maybe plans that far out? I can't think about what I'm doing tomorrow. So that sense is correct. Yes. It, it evolves as I evolve. I find that opportunities continue to show up in magical and unexpected ways. And I know that magic is not a business strategy. And I know that hope is not a business strategy. And I get that. But so I did a seminar for high school kids. I was speaking for, have you ever heard of future business leaders of America? I have. PLA? Okay. I have. So when I was back in my twenties, thirties, and I was a professional speaker when I didn't, you know, when I was young, I still am young and a professional speaker, but I was, I I started working with FBLA and I totally forgot where I was going with that because I was lying about being, you were talking about hope is not a, hope is not a business strategy. Yeah. I'll come back to that. I'm sorry. I've totally forgot the question. That's okay. See, that's the beauty is because now people realize, you know, fully trust us because they know this is like not all scripted. So see, that's good. It adds credibility to the podcast. Which is a huge problem. I don't script anything. I really should script a few things, but no, I'm coming back to it. It was FBLA and darn, I had a really good point there. I'll come back to it. I'm sure. I'm sure you will. Yes. So before we get to the podcasting, so I have one uh, other question. Could you share a, over your, your career a interesting either client success story or just a kind of an interesting story? Because I have a feeling that your situation with the person from Oklahoma, my sense is that's not the last interesting thing that happened that has <laughs> happened to you in your life. Do you want some from today or do you want some from yesterday or do you want some interesting story? When do you want them from? Uh, I- your, your call. Your call. Okay. Okay. So we we kind of fast forwarded from my speaking to 
then I created an exercise video and then I, and I designed the leotards that the girls and I wore on the exercise video. And I just did an exercise video because I was ACE and AFA certified because I injured my back doing step aerobics when I was in my late twenties and realized ah. that you're not supposed to take a plus size body and have it jump up and down on a step without it getting injured. So I created my own, I got certified as a personal trainer and certified aerobics instructor and created my own exercise video. And from there, because I designed the leotards that the girls and I wore, then one of my longest modeling clients at the time said, let's go to home shopping and see if we can do a line of exercise wear. So we designed a line of exercise wear and we flew down to Tampa where home shopping network is based in Clearwater. And we had a meeting with them and they said, we love you, Carolyn, as a spokesperson and as a designer, and we love you, Scott, as a manufacturer, but we don't do exercise clothes. So if you want to do a line of sportswear, you can. Again, like I said, it's yes until it's no. That's FBLA. What I told the kids from the FBLA is the answer is always yes until it's no. Okay. Okay. So when an opportunity comes up, it's yes until it's no. It's like, like an improv. It. It's yes and not no, but. So ah. it's yes until it's no. So we said, yes, we can do a line of of sportswear. And we did. And it was on the Home Shopping Network for 18 years with me as the designer and spokesperson. And if you're thinking about going on television with a product or even like Amazon Live now has ads and you're going on, here are the three things you need. You need a compelling product with compelling pricing and a compelling presentation or a compelling presenter, same thing. Okay, okay? that's the three-legged stool that makes selling online or on television work. Compelling product, compelling pricing, and compelling presentation. Okay, well, that okay. is that is very helpful. Okay. So, does so you this... want the story. So the yes, story. I'm yes, at, I'm on... at HSN. So I'm at HSN, I don't know, probably 16, 17 years ago. And I'm sitting in the green room getting my hair and makeup done. And I'm looking in the mirror. And in behind me walks Dick Clark. Really? American Bandstand himself. Yes. I met tons of celebrities there. I have another funny celebrity story, but Dick Clark walks in and I've never been dumbstruck by a celebrity. And he walked in and, and I almost couldn't talk to him. And I turned around and I looked at him and I said, you control time in the universe. You're my <laughs> God. And he just gave me the biggest smile and said, you're really good at what you do. <laughs> and he was there to help a friend of his sell some cleaning product or something on air. And then he walked out. But that was my that was my brush with oh my goodnessness. And then my other brush with oh my goodnessness was Frankie Valley. Yeah. From Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. He walked into the green room once and he was selling this self-tanning product. I'll never forget it. <laughs> and I had on a skirt and he said, here, let me show you. And he takes this self-tanning stuff and he rubs it all over one of my legs. So okay. I'm a very pale human. You put self-tanning stuff, if it's not the right self-tanners, there's some good ones out there now, but there are some, there are some self-tanners. I went on air, one of my legs just started turning orange and oranger <laughs> and oranger. And this leg, I have one leg that's stark white and one leg that's getting this streaky orange stuff on it. And I'm hearing in my ear, the producer going, hey, Carolyn, what's happening with your leg? What's happening to your legs? 
what's going on with your legs? And I just busted out laughing. So that was fun. <laughs> so, so I what ended was up the- having to buy some of that stuff and put it on the other leg to even <laughs> myself out. Sure. What was, what, what might have been the lesson from that experience or was there one? If a celebrity is going to touch your leg, charge him for it. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. I, I love that takeaway. <laughs> I love that takeaway. So now let's, since the name of this podcast is podcasting stories let's tell some podcasting stories so it's a podcast on podcasting stories it's sort of like talking about lunch when you're at lunch this is the redundant podcast it is or it's like kramer's coffee table book that turned into a coffee table i love that that was a great episode because remember elaine like poo-pooed the idea and he somehow yeah. went around her and then remember, cause he, he, I think he was on Regis and Kathy Lee is where he did the, yes. his presentation because Regis kept saying, oh, I love this guy. This, this guy is, uh, he's a, what, what was his expression? This guy's a firecracker. This guy's a hoot or <laughs> something like that. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, Seinfeld lesson. So pod, redundant as it may be, when did you get into the podcasting world and what prompted you to uh, launch your podcast? I had a radio show in the late 80s on WALE in Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. It was a talk radio show. Hold I, on, WALE, does that like a whale? Yes, like whale hunting, Providence, which is what they're Rhode known Island. for. Yes. That is one w- of the more interesting call letter kind of letter combinations I think I've seen. Okay. So W-A-L-E. In in Providence, Rhode Island. And it was a 10-week contract that I had with them to do a radio show. It was a one-hour talk radio show every week because I had done television. And I thought, yeah, radio will be fun. Yeah, it's not fun. The only people who called in to talk radio were people who back in the you know late 80s early 90s were people who didn't have anything else to do and they were kind of crazy (laughs) so i realized back in the late 80s early 90s that i did not enjoy doing radio so it took me 30 years to get back into the concept of this what you and i are doing where it's just the voice that Mm -hmm. has the impact and mostly because i want to see my audience So the past year and a half going virtual with presentations, thank God for Zoom. I mean, think about it. If this pandemic thing had happened 10 years ago, we never could have had the experiences and the connection that we, as best we could, maintained over the past 18 months. I totally agree. So it's, again, it's timing. It's saying, it's saying yes until, until it's no. So, Okay. Where was I? Podcasting. So yeah, so it took me 30 years to want to come back into this. I love being a guest. So thank you for having me on, David. I love being a guest. I think it's fun. I love imparting wisdom to people who would have no idea that I existed. So that's super fun. Agreed. Hopefully something comes out of it where somebody goes, I should say yes to that. I should say yes. Somebody listening to this will think about it later on and an opportunity will come up for them. And if their normal inclination is to say no, hopefully after listening to this, they will say yes and their life will shift. 
Well, I think I will be one of those listeners. So I think you've already uh, accomplished the first uh, stage of your objective. I love it. Yes, until it is no. Because yeah. why Why close off opportunities unnecessarily? Wait till a unpenetrable object or obstacle appears before you kind of get into a negative space. Exactly. And it's more fun to say yes, isn't it? Sure. Absolutely. Yes is a much more fun word than no. Absolutely. Yes. So you love being a guest. So, so you'd been in radio after a bit of a sabbatical, you thought, well, podcasting is kind of like radio, but better. Well, again, the opportunity showed up. So I have one of the smartest humans on the planet. I mean, he's Mensa smart. His name is Dale Irvin and Dale is the professional summarizer. I know him from the speaking business. He is, he's a genius and he's one of the funniest humans I've ever come in contact with. Well, he was doing this podcast with his comedian friend, Tim Slagle, my other partner, and they had been doing a podcast called Just Kill Me for about four or five years. And it was with a a female comedian and she was very good, but they never really got traction and they did it every week and it kind of fizzled and started falling apart. And Dale and Tim were just kind of doing their own thing. And then I, again, I don't know how things happen in my world, but all of a sudden Dale reaches out to me and says, you know, we're thinking about rebooting the podcast and we want to do it for baby boomers you want to give it a shot and co-host with us. You want to be on with us. And I thought, these are two of the funniest humans on the planet. So it's like playing tennis with somebody who's better than you are. You have to get better. right? So for me to have the opportunity to spend 30 minutes every week with two of these brilliantly funny humans, I jumped at it and I said, yes. And that was three years ago. We have over 130 podcasts that we've done. We record every week, unless one of us has a booking, and then we move around it. We're flexible with each other. But basically, we record most Monday afternoons. And it is the podcast, it's called Another Day Above Ground, which is a name that we all came up with together. Uh, It's the podcast for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who can't download a podcast. (laughs) It's like those, those, that that insurance commercial where the people turn into their parents and he has to give them kind of remedial training. Yes. If you used a paper map to get here, you <laughs> exactly. may be turning into your parents. Exactly. Yes. So it's a little bit, a little bit like that. Yeah. So is that, is this uh, podcast particularly popular uh, in any other parts of the world or is it, or does it just enjoy dominance in the U S well, we just found out like two weeks ago that we are the number one English speaking humor podcast in Mexico. Thank God for the wall, right? I mean, congratulations. This, this podcast penetrates that wall. So happy. And that's <laughs> I mean, awesome. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And in the US, you know, we've got, we're on all the podcasting services. So we figured out how to do that. Actually, the boys figured out how to do that. The men, pardon me, I have to be politically <laughs> correct now. The men figured out how to do that. That is awesome. So if you, if you could go back in time, knowing what you know now, would you still have gotten involved with this podcast? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The opportunity to be with really funny, smart people. That opportunity doesn't come up all the time. So when it comes up, you say yes. Yes, until it's no. Exactly. Or funny until... Or there's the 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 parallel to the famous Carolyn Strauss a saying, which is funny until it's not. Right. And the interesting you can use that thing one. now is it. You yes, can use thank that you. one, by the way. Yeah, well, I'll, I always say about relationships. Credit. People say thanks, but people always ask me about relationships and they're like, how long will this relationship last? And I'm like, it'll last till the day before it's not good anymore. Ah, more profound insight from a baby boomer. <laughs> I'm the youngest of the baby boomers. No, I am at least 45 years old. And if you question it, I'm hanging up. <laughs> I'm at <laughs> least 45. That's how old I am. That's, and any uh, woman out there, feel free to use that because it is absolutely true. Well, you know, I know this person in Houston, and she tells this story about her mother, who was the wife of a prominent physician in Houston. And 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 she came up with a scheme that when she turned either 30 or 40, I think when she turned 30, she started telling people, I'm nearly 40. And she said that the smart play is when you're 40, don't tell people that you're 30 because people think, wow, you know, she's hasn't taken very good care of herself. But when you're 30 and you tell people you're nearly 40, it's a very positive reaction. Wow, you look great. So for her mother's whole life, she would get excited every time a new decade dawned because she could then say, I am nearly the high end of the of the decade. So there's another uh, there's another angle. Yeah, not my angle. <laughs> That's okay. You it, it's just really more for contrast for the audience to decide, you know, several strategies around around that. Yes. So you started the podcast. So it sounds like one of my questions and I think you've kind of answered it, so maybe you can just give me another one was what about doing the podcast? is like, do you find so enjoyable? And in your answer of anytime you can be around really smart, really funny people say yes. Is that accurate? And are there other aspects of it that you particularly enjoy? Well, sure. We have guests and we get to make them funny. There's a joy in bringing out the funny in other people. I find that incredibly compelling and fun. So we get to interview baby boomers and people, do you know how many baby boomers have written books about, in fact, the one that's launching this week, Another Day Above Ground, which you can find at anotherdayaboveground.com. The one that's launching this week is about love after 50. And we have this guest on, she was great. And she wrote a book about love after 50. And how fun was that to interview her and hear her story and hear her strategies for finding love after 50? Just don't tell anybody you're 50. Strategy number one, that's Carolyn's strategy <laughs> number one, just don't tell anybody you're 50. And yeah, it's, it's so that I love the guests. I love hearing about new books. I love hearing how they're adjusting to being empty nesters and being grandparents and new careers that they've started. We've interviewed a bunch of people who have moved on the other side of the wall, who have moved to Mexico or Central America, and they're in these 
communities of expats and it's incredibly inexpensive to live there and they're having this great life. So they sold their expensive houses somewhere in the States and bought right. a gorgeous little house down there for no money and are right. having this great life. So it, it has opened my eyes to all kinds of possibilities. That is awesome. Now it's, I can appreciate why this has been such a fun project for you. Have there been any economic benefits from having done this? Like, have you picked up speaking gigs from it or have there been any other things or is it just kind of a labor of love? If anybody knows how to make money from a podcast, call me because we have not, I have not, we haven't got sponsors, although I know how to get sponsors, but I, we haven't gotten sponsors for it, which is ridiculous. And I don't understand why. And and I don't think I get speaking gigs for, because I don't speak on this. This is not what I speak on. I don't speak right. on humor. I don't right. speak on being funny. And I'm not a comedian or a humorist. I hope I'm funny and entertaining, but that's not who I am in the world. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a business person. I'm, you know, former CEO of a multi-million dollar company. And I speak on, on helping companies optimize their dollars per minute. And I help them them execute on projects in a way that everybody gets what they need. And I help them look at the strengths of their teams and put together teams that actually function efficiently, you know, and manage themselves and their people. So blah, blah, blah. That's what I do for work. So the podcast has not really translated into bookings. So it's just really served as just a fun hour of your week. It, it, especially during the pandemic. So remember, we've done it for three years now. Right. For the past 18 months, look, I live alone. Being alone in my house, knowing what I think got really boring. So mm. being required to stimulate the part of my brain that's funny at least once a week to keep up with my partners, thank God for my podcast. Thank God for another day above ground for, you know, on all kinds of levels, sure. but, but thank God for that because it kept me quick. If you don't use it, you lose it. Yep. That makes, that makes sense. Hey, just on the baby boomer thing, I have a riddle for you. So neither my father nor I are baby boomers, but we've missed it by only one year. What, do you know what the baby boomer dates are? Mm-hmm. So we missed, we each missed it by one year. Right. So do you know what year that means I was born in? Or do you have the baby boomer range committed to memory? Probably not. You're probably not that detail oriented. So I was born in 1965. Five, right. And my dad was born in 1944. Okay. 44. Okay. Because from what I've seen, it, it was 46 45. To 64. Okay. It's 46 I've, to I've also seen it as yeah. 45 sure. to 64. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm like a, uh, uh, I'm sort of a, an honorary baby boomer, maybe is the, is the way to think about it. Yes. You're, you're, you're a cusper. Sure. So I'm kind of bilingual. I can speak that baby boomer and what, what came after that? Gen Y, Gen mm, X? Xers. Millennial. Xers. It goes Xers. boomer, okay. X, Y, y, millennial, Z. And, you know, given what's happened with the climate, that's probably it. So we're done. <laughs> okay. 
So it's okay. Well, I just wanted to, in the interest of full disclosure, for you to know that I'm not, you know, although I may, may act as if I'm a baby boomer, the, you know, I'm not technically part of the club. Well, except cuspers, it depends upon what kind of people their parents were. And given that you're the oldest, I'm going to guess you were because your friends were probably around your age or a little older. You didn't hang out with the younger kids. How do you know this? Because I just know it because this is just what I do. So I'm going to guess that you lean more toward boomer than you do Xer. Yeah, that my whole life I've have enjoyed, well, maybe not so much the last decade, but certainly up until then, I really preferred the company of older people. And even when I was a young kid, I preferred being around adults because, you know, as the oldest, oftentimes there are no other children around your age. So you kind of gravitate toward the older people. Now, I didn't have the luxury that you did of being the oldest of all of the cousins because I have like 30 on one side and 25 on the other. And I'm sort of in the middle on the, on the cousin thing. So wow, you should reach out to all of them and ask for all those Christmas presents. They missed all those years. That would be great. <laughs> oh, you could have so much fun. 30 and 25. Oh man, you could furnish a whole new house. I that, think it's time to reach out to your cousins. Yes. Yes. Until one of them says no. And then I'll just go to the next one. Right. You're going to get some yeses. I know. So if somebody who's listening to this is considering a podcast or mm. you know starting a podcast, being involved in a podcast regularly, what advice might you have for them if any? I have a bunch. Uh, okay. Please, you're asking you're asking me for advice. Okay, I'm in my happy place now. Advice number one, ha- have something that people actually care about to listen to. Okay. Um, because you care about it. No, find, make sure that when you're talking to people out at restaurants and, and at the gym and on your walks with people and you talk about the podcast, they go, huh, that sounds cool. Or that sounds interesting. If you're not getting that response, keep working before you start one. Okay. Okay. Second, have a point of view. You've got to have a persona and a point of view. I'm not saying make up who you're going to be. I'm saying be as authentic as you can, but have a point of view. We are snarky. We are funny and we don't let anything slide. And there is, there is some, you know, innuendo and we are all about finding the funny in everybody we talk to. So that's our point of view that everything and everybody can be funny. Okay. okay. Find the structure that works for you. Like, for example, David, you and I are doing this and we're doing it just on audio, right? Mm-hmm. So all you're recording is the audio track. That's fine. We, when we do ours, each of us record our audio track on our own device, either using Audacity or GarageBand. Mm-hmm. And then we and we we do a slate so we clap at the same time so that all of the tracks are in line. And then Tim, who's our engineer on this, our partner and engineer, he's the one that takes the tracks and puts them together and cuts them and makes it sound good. But we meet also on Skype because when there are three of us or a, a lot of the time four of us when we have a guest or five, 
we need to be able to see each other so that we don't overstep each other. And occasionally we will have a guest who does not have the mechanism to record in their own space. So we record the Skype piece on video and audio, and then Tim will pull off the audio track. Okay. So choose the best, the best technology that's going to serve you and your partners or just you. And if it's just you, I could never just do a podcast with just me every week. So maybe, maybe you record once a month. Or Mm -hmm. maybe you get a bunch of people who rotate in and out and do every week or twice a week or three times a week. So Mm -hmm. it's really about figuring out what your rhythm is and what your technology is and what your point of view is and who is your target audience. I'm feverishly writing all this down. It's a podcast about podcasting. You haven't heard this before. Really? <laughs> really? Not, not, ex- <laughs> not, I've asked the question to many guests, but everybody has a little different take on it. I mean, there's some, sometimes there's some overlap, but, but no, this is, this is good stuff. That's my goal. Yeah. Well, that is good. Any other advice you might have for a person considering launching a podcast? Yeah. Partner with people who are smarter than you. And if you have money, hire a producer. Okay. Yep. You can hire producers. There are freelance producers on Fiverr. You guys know about yep. Fiverr, right? You get, there are right. freelance producers on Fiverr. There are producers all over the place. Hire an intern, hire somebody. Because if my podcast, if our podcast depended on me to do the producing and get them out, it would never happen. Understood. Understood. Okay, so as we're rounding the home stretch of this interview, two remaining questions. The first is, is there anything I did not ask you that you wish I had? What are you wearing? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And I got all dressed up for this because I thought we were doing it on video because I do mine on video. So what I'm wearing is a lot of makeup and some really good jewelry. Oh, and an outfit. All right. No, other than that, no. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Are you ready for the final question? I am ready. I am. Now this is a bit of a curveball. Now I didn't invent this question. I I borrowed it from a, a famous podcaster, but I really like it. So you've probably heard it before, but regardless, the question is, if you could go back in time, time travel back, and you came across your 25-year-old self, and you could give some advice to yourself at 25, what advice might you give? Think about, think about getting married because alimony is a lot easier than what you're going to have to do. <laughs> okay. How's that? Any any other advice? <laughs> That's a I mean, that I'm, is I'm I thought I was throwing Apple? you I thought I was throwing you the curveball. Turns out you were throwing me the curveball. I I was not expecting um I didn't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that one. I've never heard that question before. I like it. It was fun. It made me laugh. You know, other than other than buy Apple and no. 
Take more pictures. Okay. Take more more pictures. pictures. Yeah. That is something my wife is a big fan of. And sometimes in the moment, I get a little impatient or annoyed. But at the end of the day, I'm always glad that she has that commitment. Yeah, because I had these incredible experiences throughout my entire life. And some of them don't have pictures associated with them. And I mean, we didn't have cell phones with cameras back then, right? We didn't have Mm -hmm. that. So a lot of stuff is just, it's just, I guess it's just for me in my mind and my memory. And that's okay. Okay. Well, that is a great a great answer, several great answers to the curveball <laughs> question. So, Carolyn, I can't remember the last time I had so much fun on a podcast. And so the credit must go to you because you're the only thing different. I'm still the same person who's on all the other podcasts. So thank you for such a enjoyable, thought-provoking, fun, engaging, relaxing experience. Oh, that is so sweet. That is, those are all adjectives that I happen to love. So thank you. And if any of your listeners would like to hire me to speak on managing people, power and priorities and, you know, increasing their dollars per minute, they can find me at carolynstrauss.com. And can you spell that out just in case there's a variety of ways? Sure. C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-S-T-R-A-U-S-S dot com. Excellent. And thank you for mentioning that because I I meant to ask you how people could uh, reach out to you. Do you accept LinkedIn uh, connections? I do. I do. Okay. So if you want to connect with me with link, on LinkedIn, say I was listening to David Spray's amazing podcast, came across yours, did not click it off, and then I will accept your LinkedIn request. Perfect. <laughs> so that is the, that is the key to, to, to being able to connect with Carolyn. Actually, and the key to making women happy in relationship is make them feel safe and make them feel beautiful. That's my final tip. Make them feel safe and beautiful. And then you can get anything you need or want, and so can they. Now, Carolyn, where was this advice like when I was 25 years old that would have been much more helpful for me back then? See, I was just talking to your 25-year-old self, so we're coming (laughs) back to your final question. There you go. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you again for your time. It's really been, uh, been a treat to have you on. Have a great day. And there we have it, another great episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at www.podcastingstories.com. This podcast is brought to you by your podcast team. If you have ever considered having your own podcast, head over to www.yourpodcast.team to learn more about how they can help you. That's it for this episode. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next time.